Hello and welcome to Castable. This is the podcast which brings on brilliant guests to pitch their dream music festival. My name is Matt Hoss and I'm the host and I'm here to guide you around their festival. Today's guest is a top-notch stand-up comedian, gamer and paranormal podcaster. It's Barry Dodds. Hello. Hi. How are you doing, mate? You okay? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. And thank you so much for coming on to Castable. No, thank you for having me on. We're going to be talking a lot about your music taste and uh, I think any fans of Barry Dodds will <laughs> kind of know what kind of ballpark. Uh, uh, I think there's one band in particular which stands out. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely the worst person you could have asked <laughs> to do this because a festival is all about having music and lots of bands and I only like one it's it's absolutely pointless <laughs> but you know we'll 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 eke it out as much as we can I've, ne- I've never had it so early on like literally a minute in just going yeah you picked the wrong person there mate. you really have yeah you should have cut I'm, I'm going to be your worst one yeah no, it's it's already it's already brilliant. <laughs> to, to elaborate on that, if someone were to ask you what kind of music are you into, how do you typically respond to that question? I would reply uh, that I'm into uh, electronic sort of synth mm-hmm. sort of. Um, I like I like the '80s sounds. Mm-hmm. I like the '90s sort of sound. I can I, I like some modern stuff, but I think some of the modern stuff does sound like the older stuff. Like, um, uh, is it Blinding Lights by? Mm-hmm. Um, is it The Weekend or something? I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not very versed on like a lot of modern stuff. You know, I mean, a lot of like mainstream new stuff, I'm kind of a bit out on. But uh, I, I, yeah, I can it's, Google it's it. a very popular song. <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's in the charts at the minute, so it's been it's been around for a while. But yeah, that sound when I heard it, I thought that it was an eighties track, oh, and really? I had to ring a friend because mm-hmm. she knows music, and I asked her, and she went, "Oh yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, blind blinding lights." So yeah, very good. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a very specific sort of synth sound that I like. When you sent over those bands over to me, because with every guest they send over three artists, and I, the first thing that came to my head is like Barry loves synths. That's the kind of thing I've got from that as well. <laughs> Very upbeat as well. And um, do you play any instruments, Barry? I don't. I don't. It's um, it's a little bit of a regret. I mean, I, th- I think I wanted to learn the guitar when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I think everybody wants to learn the guitar yeah. when they're younger because they want the guitar mm-hmm. because it sort of feels cool to hold and to strum. But I really struggle with it. Like at school, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't read music. Mm-hmm. I struggled with English. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, never mind music. So it was, I, I, I couldn't read music, and I found it very. I couldn't get my hands mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, I'm, I've got so much admiration for people who can play them because I just can't. I mean, for I'm quite a big gamer, mm-hmm. so my hand-eye coordination should be yeah. amazing. But it, <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't do it. Um, but I, mm. I think you've got to have a real talent to make a tune. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggle to do that. I think it's an amazing skill, people who can. I think there's definitely a podcast in me teaching Barry Dodds how to play guitar, because I think that we, I think that we <laughs> could do that. Like It's a weekly instalment. We'll see see what happens. Uh, <laughs> you'd punch me. You'd, you'd hear it. You'd find me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you really hate me by the end of it. I think we'll start off the podcast going, yeah, you got the wrong person here, mate. Absolutely. You got the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> Get Duncan Oakley. <laughs> very different podcast, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I absolutely agree with that because I, I think my hand-eye coordination is terrible as well. I, I struggle playing guitar, but I'm, I'm quite a determined soul. So if I've set my heart on something, I'll do it and I learn it. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I've, I started guitar when I was 14. But yeah, I struggle with a lot of the fiddly stuff. Even now, I'm, I love chords because like you can kind of just move your hand up and down the fretboard. But if it's anything fiddly, it takes me ages to learn as well. And, uh, right so, yeah you see i tried I tried that guitar hero yes um, yeah because being a gamer that was quite a big thing for a while I, and I, I couldn't do that either mm -hmm. i couldn't think about what the left hand was doing in terms of hitting the buttons and then hitting the thing and yeah i mean my favorite musician of all time is a guy called vince clark mm -hmm. and he he admits he can't really play music like he's he says he's terrible at the guitar and he doesn't really play keyboards. He's a programmer. So he knows how to program a synth and, you know, sort of program it. So, I mean, it's always been a thing of when you go to see my favourite band. Mm -hmm. like, do, do you know what? I'm jumping ahead of myself, yeah, so yeah. I'll stop myself there. I'll stop myself there. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I thought we are getting closer with uh, mentions of Vince Clark, but we'll get to them eventually, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I think I think that's really interesting as well, and it's um, I think a lot of people, uh, uh, especially in the modern age, like uh, it's it music is 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 more about programming. It's all about uh, there's a lot more nuance to it. I feel, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a really eloquent point. And uh, so, did you ever go to many festivals? Because we're going to be talking about festivals. Have you been to many festivals? I've never. Ever. Like, like I said to you, I don't mind if you want to stop now because I've never <laughs> been to one. Never been to I've, um, I, I've, I've worked at them. I've been to, I've been to download festival yeah. to perform, mm -hmm. and and really getting into the spirit of it, I was in and out within four hours. <laughs> um, but I did, I did go to a festival once, yeah, yeah. which was in Cheltenham, and mm -hmm. I can't. Oh, the name of it completely escapes me. It was at Cheltenham Racecourse. Yeah. And it was, um, again, there was a comedy tent, so I was one of the performers in there. We stayed, so we stayed for the three nights, so I got to do the camping thing and the sort of getting pissed and that experience of it. And I'll be honest with you, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I had such a good time. And, like, I'm a big fan of camping. Mm -hmm. I, I really like camping. I mean, I haven't done it for quite a few years now, but... I used to organise a, a comedian's camping trip. Amazing. And it, it was called Man and Nature. Mm -hmm. And it was me when I lived in Manchester. And it was just an open invite. It was just like, if you're a comedian, come along to this. And so we would just end up with like 20 or 30 comedians up in the Lake District mm -hmm. just camping. And it was utter carnage. <laughs> but I, I loved that whole just getting, you know, blind drunk and mm -hmm. sitting around a fire and talking bollocks and all that yeah I, I i really i really enjoy camping well so. I'm, I'm shocked that you ha haven't been to more festivals because like that's that's obviously the backbone of it you know it's about uh, it it's kind of like the as you say that nature aspect of it where you're kind of just sitting down getting to basics hanging out with friends mm. it's about community as well i think uh, yes uh, yeah and i think music festivals do offer that as well but uh, i think it is dependent on the music as well but sometimes it's not like uh, especially with glastonbury you can kind of um 
it's about just experience rather than the music if you know what i mean it's about yeah. uh, so yeah it might might be worth looking into the future especially with uh, uh camping as well because it's a yeah. it's a real treat I, th- I think i just always felt like i wasn't part of that world like it was like mm-hmm. a, i mean you, you know it, i thought it was for something for people who had a lot of money mm-hmm. and i thought it was for quote unquote co- the cool kids yeah <laughs> and so that just wasn't something that in terms of seeing music live, I think I've only seen, I mean, I've seen a few, well, I've seen one band live consistently and I've seen their support acts, but I don't know if that counts as seeing a band live. I think it does, absolutely, yeah. In that case, I've seen, well, I've seen Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Oh, amazing. So yeah, Sophie Ellis-Bexter, she supported my favourite band in Canic Chase mm-hmm. when I went to see them and it was, <laughs> we'd been like because i was one of the people who wanted to be at the front yeah. on the barrier so i'm a i'm a get there at nine in the morning person so it was the worst day for it it rained from start to finish <laughs> so i did the whole sitting outside for 10 hours yeah getting soaked with a hell of a lot of other people and eventually we, when they opened the gates we all got down the front there was then you know another hour well to get everyone else in yeah which was still just stood in the rain yeah and sophia was best came on and she was in a little cocktail dress and of course you know the whole stage is yeah. covered she, she comes on, she's in a little cocktail dress and she comes on looking very prim prom. She goes, oh my God, you guys look like drowned rats. And some guy behind me just went, sing your fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked, she's like, oh. He was like, nobody had a sense of humour yeah. about it. <laughs> so was that person you Barry like you don't have to you don't have to lie no, it wasn't me it wasn't me I have been caught out I, I have shouted out uh, before at a concert and it was one which was being recorded and I can't listen to the recording of the concert because I can hear me and I've shouted something very out of character because um, I'm not somebody who would shout out at these sort of things but and so apart from that band and their support acts, I think I've only ever seen one other band live, and that was a band called Clam Abuse, which was a one-off project by somebody called Ginger Wildheart of mm-hmm. the Wildhearts. He did this experimental album, and I saw that live because I had a friend called Ginger Wildheart who changed his name by Deedpool after the singer. That's how big a fan he oh, was wow. of this band. And I went, and it was um, it was great. I, I I really enjoyed it, but it's not my sort of music. And yeah, I, there's not really many sort of uh, electronic festivals. So there are the more the dancey festivals, but like it's uh, that's different from electronic necessarily. It's a de- and uh, there's less synth festivals, but there are more like hardcore dance festivals or that kind of thing that you wanted to do. But like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's necessarily the same thing. I went to one called, um, is it Lost Village? Oh, yeah, Rings Lost, yeah, and it was, um, I've I've never seen as much skin in my life. It was was in that height of summer, and it was this festival, and I thought, oh, I think it's sort of electronic music, and it was just full of, I I felt wrong being in there, (laughs) because it was just all these young, trendy kids were into trendy music, just basically putting themselves on show, but they're all tr- trendy glitter all over their faces. Uh, that's not a euphemism. It, it was, 
<laughs> I, I felt really awkward. And again, there was that thing of like, no, I'm not one of these people. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not cool, and I'm not young anymore. And so, yeah. Well, bless <laughs> that was you. Lost. Well, well, what what I've heard a couple of times is that you felt like a bit out of place. That you never really found your home there. And I um. I, I talk a lot on the podcast um, about Download uh, and that rock festival uh, in the Midlands. Um, and it's uh, it's like my spiritual home because I always feel like, uh, obviously I haven't been there since uh, the pandemic, but it, it it's kind of like uh, my home away from home because it's like the um, place where I went to as a teenager. And it's a place where a lot of my first, where I saw my first bands ever in the world. And it like uh, my first loves were there, my musical loves were there. And uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I felt like that was my little home and I felt like an outcast the rest of the year. But once I was there, it was like, that was like my little thing, uh, my, my little um, home. And hopefully. Oh, wow. ho- it's literally, it's 10 minutes away behind Oh, me. really? Yeah. Because yeah. my auntie actually lives at, um, like literally in the village of Castle Donington as well. So, uh, oh, right. yeah, okay. so I just stay, um, not very rock and roll, but I stay on her couch and walk in every <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> you, you're meant to be camping. You're going on, you fucking, you on. I tell you what, Ozzy Osbourne would not be happy if he knew that Matt Hoss was going to sleep at his fucking auntie's house in, in Castle Donington, which I imagine is quite middle class and posh. Well, I, I have to argue, actually, it's probably more punk and rock and roll to sleep on your auntie's couch. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, like, like, yeah, you can you can do your cannabis in your tent, whatever. But I've got a, a I've got to sleep with some cats on the couch. You know, rock and roll. The mate. fact that you called it cannabis. <laughs> I think sort of rules you out of the rock and roll. How how is they not eating you alive? I've been at that festival. Like like no no offense, Matt, but you don't look like one of them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am you, you know what I mean. You look like you've had a wash. <laughs> sorry, that's really disrespectful to rockers. I'm sorry anybody who goes to that festival. They're all lovely people. Tell you what, uh we're not gonna teach you how to play guitar anymore, Gar- uh, It's not gonna happen, mate. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Final question before we move into your festival. Have you ever crowd surfed, Barry? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I didn't think so, but I just wanted to check. Uh, I think I'd like the experience. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the opportunity to crowd surf or uh, or has it been like it was there, but you didn't want to do it? Or No. Uh, yeah. I, I, if it was if it was there, I would I would have done it by now. Mm-hmm. We gotta get you to a rock show, and then uh, we'll we'll get it, we'll get it up and happening, and then uh, on the way home, uh, have a baguette and head to my auntie's house. Be good. <laughs> Do you know what I always liked? Download as a festival to perform at as a as a comedian because it was the one gig. Because my, my uh, when I started doing comedy, I used to really like the darker side of humour. I used mm-hmm. to like some dark jokes, but then the problem with that is is that you split audiences and yeah. and I get really stressed and nervous at gigs anyway. So to know that I was going to alienate half of them with mm-hmm. some of the things I was going to say, it was a double-edged sword. So in the end, I sort of, I'm not very offensive on stage. I mean, I'm not clean as, as a whistle, you mm-hmm. know, but it, I certainly don't come out with anything that, yeah. that would upset people. Mm-hmm. But, but download as a gig was that place where I could go, Right, all of these things that I've thought of in the last 12 months, this is the gig where I can say them and it's going to be absolutely fine. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I used to love it because you could be as 
as sick as he wanted, and it was it was great. There was that sort of, I, that that's what I mean. I do like the Rockers because they're sort of more liberal than liberals think they are. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that they kind of get a bad rep, uh, particularly at Download uh, and any, any metal fans, because like uh, on the outside, a lot of people judge them pretty quickly and assume they're quite thuggish but actually it's the opposite these people are super caring completely yeah and it's part of the culture there and it's uh, it's about not being a dick it's about helping each other obviously there are bad eggs and i think certain headliners attract certain audiences but also i think the download community as a whole is really really wonderful so yeah it's they, they do get bad rap but also i think festivals are the time where you can do the more darker stuff because i feel that uh Festival gigs are hard because it's kind of like you're dealing with a lot of um, not the best circumstances, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of different things you have to play around with as well, like um, people talking, people moving around and people coming Mm -hmm. in. And so it's not the most ideal thing. But if you're quite if you have a quite strong message or a strong thing, that's that sells quite well because it's quite. Yeah, it goes down a treat. Yeah, you've got to grab people's attention and nothing, nothing will grab people more than a really sick gag yeah you know well i'm very much looking forward to hearing what you're doing at your own festival so let's go and set of camp hello welcome to season three of castable great to have you back if you like what we do please give us a five star rating on apple Podcasts and write us a little kind review also why don't you share our podcast tell a friend about it word of mouth really helps spread the world so please help us do that why don't you tweet us at castable podcasts and drop me a follow at matt house comedy why don't you watch me on Twitch at Matt House Comedy? If you like sci-fi books, why don't you buy my book called Purify from www.matthousecomedy.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Cheers. Castable, are you ready? Here we go! So before we can have your dream music festival, we have to submit your festival. So let's find out some basic admin about uh, Barry's festival. So Barry, what is the name of your festival? I'm going to call it very unimaginatively. Here we go. It's going to be it's going to be called Electronica. Okay. Electronica with a K. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, whereabouts is the K? Is it in the electric or nicker bit? Both, both sides. Oh, gotcha. Like it. I like it. I was I, to be fair, when you said it's gonna be an original, I thought you're gonna be kind of like a the Dodds Fest or Dodds uh, Fest. Or, or Dodds, <laughs> or maybe something like Dodds Load or something like that. <laughs> like a... <laughs> Dodds Load's a very, very different festival. <laughs> yeah, that, that's afterwards, so <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that in Castle Doddington. <laughs> That's why I stay in my auntie's couch. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I just realised how offensive that was to your auntie. Sorry. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's funny, yeah. She doesn't listen, it's fine. Um, um, So, it's it's Electronica. It's uh, I think that's a strong title, and also you've got a strong... That's the kind of... uh, You're selling to your demographic. You know, you're putting it on the tin straight away. Uh, people know what they're going to get. Um, so whereabouts geographically would you want your festival? I quite like it. Mm. 
I was split on this one because I think down south you've got a better chance of good weather. But my ideal place would be somewhere in Northumberland. Yes. So like a big bit of open ground. Mm -hmm. Because there's no festivals in Northumberland and there's a hell of a lot of space to do them. Yeah. But it's just geographically, it's just difficult for people to get to. So I think I think Northumberland's well overdue mm. a seriously big, a big Glastonbury style festival. Electronica wouldn't be that. I mean, Electronica's only got one stage, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some separate auxiliary tents, but <laughs> I think I Barry, I don't think you should be in charge of the PR of your festival. <laughs> 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 uh, it's only got one stage. <laughs> It's affordable, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel uh, I should be the PR for your festival because the kind of concept of Castle is that I'm kind of like the one trying to sell your festival as well. And uh, okay, uh, so right. uh, I kind of feel like I'd be like, yeah, it's um, it's got beautiful views of Northumberland. You know, it's uh, affordable. It's uh, and it's bringing the best of electronic music to the heart of Northumberland. It's that's that's how you sell it. You know what I mean? That's nice. Um, do you know it. what? I thought of where, where we can do it as well. We'll do it at Bamborough. Yes. Near the castle. Lovely stuff. Yeah. That'll look amazing at night. But yeah. and and you know you can always sneak off to the beach and go and have a bit of a beach party as well. Absolutely. Do you know when what time of year you'll be doing it? Would it be summer? Summer, yeah. When you said men, go off to the beach, I assumed that was summer, not winter. Yeah you know I mean like yeah just pop to the <laughs> beach, have a quick quick frozen dip. <laughs> There's no festivals run any other time of year, is there? Well, uh, yeah, you, you actually, that's a very valid point. Um, yeah, I, I guess it is mostly summer, but there are sometimes winter festivals, so sometimes there are um, in, diff in different parts of the world, there are different festivals as well, like uh, like uh, there's like ski skiing winter festivals and like... Ah, uh, uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, you are right, um, but it does, um, sometimes it's a bit different. Fair enough. So, uh, how many people would you like at the festival? Like, is there a certain capacity, or is there is there a certain amount of people that you would like to be there? Um, now, you see, this one, I'm like, I think I need a frame of reference. So, how, how many people does download get? What what's a sold out download? I, from the top of my head, I think that um, it would be about one hundred and fifty thousand. I think Glastonbury has two hundred thousand, but that might be I might be totally off there. But I think it's about roughly around that that amount of people. I think I've got to be realistic. I think it'll be about 75. Okay, that's pretty good. That's I think it'll be about half the size of download. Maybe even, maybe even 50, maybe even mm -hmm. a little bit smaller. That's fine. Uh, you know what? Like, that's really good. And what's what's really original about you, Barry, is that the a lot of people, a lot of comedians I talk to on this are like, oh, I just want to be there by myself and enjoy the music. Uh, and you, you're like, I want as many people there as possible, which is so nice because like everyone else is so like, uh, <laughs> like uh, just uh, hating everyone. But you're like, you know what, let's, let's get pumping. That'd be great. And I like that. It's really <laughs> sweet. So without revealing the lineup, Barry, how much would you charge per ticket? I would charge because it's the three-nighter. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a Thursday night, a Friday night, and a Saturday night. I think that's how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Although I may... No, I'm changing it. I'm doing it the one where everybody's off on the Monday, where it's a bank holiday. Lovely. So it's a Friday night, a Saturday night, and a Sunday night. And it's going to be £120 a ticket. Lovely stuff. So £40 a night. Mm -hmm. um, and you get your camping in that. Mm -hmm. And very specifically everyone is allowed to bring their own booze mm -hmm. to their tent and to the areas around the stages and all that. Mm -hmm. I, I, 
I've been to download in some festival. I've never understood this con mm-hmm. where you can't take your beer into the festival that you've paid to be at. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sit right with me. You can take in what you... there's bars mm-hmm. and you can do that, but I've also got regulations for the bars and that they've got to charge normal pub prices. Yeah, because that's such a it's so annoying when you get like a, a thimble of Carlsberg for four quid, if you know what I mean. It's kind of like the oh, worst yeah. lager known to man yeah. as well, Carlsberg. It's like drinking Vickers piss, <laughs> right? You you're at a festival and you're drinking something that's three point two percent. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no. Normal prices everywhere. That's really nice, and I, I think that's such a commendable thing as well. Like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and the reason uh, I think the reason they do it, uh, but they do use it to their own advantage, as you've mentioned. Like, they do it for security, so they they um, so they don't want people ch- taking glass in there to throw at people uh, or throw at acts. That's the idea, uh, but. Th- they have gone the other way and are really charged you through the nose. If it's a, uh, yeah, so it's, it is quite upsetting in that way, but I like how you're making it available to everyone. And I hope, I've, yeah, it's one of these things where I'm the sure. The thing that- is though, if you're the sort of person who wants to throw something at a band, mm-hmm. you'll find something. Did you know <laughs> what I mean? You'll, you're in a field, the stones, you've got in your pockets, you've, you've got, like, have you felt the weight of a two-pound coin? You skim that off someone's head. That's going to leave a mark, that. <laughs> I tell you what, like, uh, Sophie Fellaspector has had a lot of stuff thrown at her. Play <laughs> 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 your songs! Oh, God, I sing your fucking song. <laughs> but you're right, though. Yeah, absolutely right. I suppose it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, the resourcefulness of... Uh, of people okay <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah i, I can i can definitely see that so uh <laughs> or, or, or maybe i'll have a rule no no like you can take in plastic bottles like of like you know cider or whatever yeah. and you can take cans mm-hmm. but yeah no glass bottles mm-hmm. then no yeah no glass well what i see a lot of people do at festivals is like they pour stuff into a certain flask anyway so yeah or, or pour them into like plastic bottles so that works so i think that's a, a safety precaution well i don't know why i'm setting up safety precautions at your imaginary festival but i am doing it anyway <laughs> I don't think anybody who comes to my festival is going to be the sort of person to get aggro. I don't think the lineup attracts that sort of crowd, to be honest. <laughs> That's absolutely fair enough. You mentioned not liking Carlsberg. Uh, is there any particular booze that you would like to be sold at your festival? Now, you see, I, I've always been a cider drinker all my life, like Scrumpy Jack. I think, I think cider is a very festival drink. And so I think Scrumpy Jack side has got to be available. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ban Wanker's Gin. Right. I'm right. There's gin, but there's not gin that's got all sorts of crap in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, this thing, this movement to have like, oh, it's gin, but it, oh, the, it tastes like jam roly poly. Mm-hmm. And you pay. And it's six pounds a single. No, yeah, yeah. No, there's normal gin. You can get you can get a bit of Gordon's, mm-hmm. and it's one pound fifty a shot. Lovely stuff, yeah. So it's nice and affordable. Scrumpy Jack cider. Uh, I'm saying all this. Um, I quite like. <laughs> I quite like 
Ponzi whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Lafroig whiskey. I think pretty much everything, but no Carlsberg. Yeah. I, I think there's got to be a bit of quality control yeah, and absolutely. Carlsberg's not happening. Well, I, I love the idea that you can get red jam roly-poly gin because I will be all over that. I'm, I'm buying shares in that straight away. <laughs> really? I bet, I bet someone's made it. Probably. I someone's made it. I, I, I've just got... Just the way that people got overexcited about gin. Yeah. It's just like, no, it's it's actually quite nice just when it's gin and it's stronger. You get proper twatted. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go into your lineup, and I I don't want to ruin anything in the future. So do stop me if this is a uh, trending on anything in the future. But um, okay. so obviously, Barry, you're a, a fan of the paranormal and you're the co-host of uh, the Parapod as well. So would would you have any... Uh... Well done on restraining yourself there. <laughs> yeah. And, I... not, and not calling me the sub-co-host. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've been re-listening to it recently and uh, I, I was going to call you the host, then the sub-co-host, and I put, put you back up to the co-host. So. Co-host, nice. <laughs> in the middle yeah um so obviously you are the co-host of the parapod so would you have any ghost seeking activities at, at the festival uh, is it got any paranormal edge to it um well i think northumberland's quite a quite a sort of spiritual i mean there's a lot of history there in northumberland you know when you know back in the day when you had william wallace mm-hmm. and people like that crossing the border you know, and all you know, all those sort of stories. There was a lot of blood spilt on the ground in Northumberland because it was, if if you're not geographically aware of what Northumberland is, you've sort of got it's like, um, you know, you've got you know London, then the Midlands, then you get to the north, what people call Yorkshire, and mm-hmm. then you get to the north, north, which is Newcastle, which is where I'm from, mm-hmm. and then you've got a big gap of nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Scotland, that yeah. big gap and nothing's Northumberland. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where, when the Scots were invading, that's where they'd have been coming across, and that's where a lot of the battles would have been. And so I, obviously there's a lot of history, and, you know, there's a lot of castles and things like that. And, in terms of, I don't think you could do ghost hunting at a festival, because it, it's not really, mm-hmm. I mean, for a start, there's too many drugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's another thing. Um, yeah, drugs are legal at my festival. Oh, lovely. So, so, so next to the whiskey, there is uh, some smack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not smack. Come on. It's a bit classier than that. <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got a don't ask, don't tell policy towards drugs. So gotcha. if you want to come and, you know, like, like, don't be a dickhead. It is you know like just try and restrain yourself a little bit but yeah um you know if you if you want to walk around and smoke whatever you like to smoke and i'm not saying this for myself i'm not a weed smoker but if you want to walk around the electronica festival with a split you are more than welcome in my eyes mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy i'd rather people did that than i've always thought that you know when you see like people go on about you know should cannabis be legal be legalized mm-hmm. i was just saying have any of these people saying no ever been to a city center on a saturday night yeah and seen yeah. what alcohol does it's mm-hmm. you know nobody's ever you know stamped out a joint and went fucking come on then yeah absolutely. you know what i mean it's not an aggressive thing so. yeah absolutely and in terms of the legalization of like drugs as well like um there's a really good book called uh bad cop good war and it's basically a police uh undercover police person's account of uh um how how the war on drugs doesn't quite work it's about the idea that um the only people you are 
convicting are the people who are victims to drug abuse if you know what i mean like they are you're not really attacking the, the drug laws or anything like that so all you're doing is creating a, a system of like uh, uh, of just vi victimizing people who are uh, just uh, who because no one does severe drugs for uh, for no reason there has to be like a trauma there if you know what i mean or usually it's a trauma yeah. there so um yeah it's one of these things where yeah i find it's a kind of a it's a policy close to my heart to be honest it's one of these things where yeah you're absolutely right as well like uh, i think weed is a is such a an, an easygoing thing as well so yeah it, it just it doesn't breed violence in the way that alcohol does and i say that as somebody who who has been brutally attacked by somebody who was was very very drunk they went to prison for mm. what they did i'm really their, sorry their attack yeah. was so bad and it was alcohol. Mm -hmm. It was it was booze, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that, Barry. But uh, yeah, right. I'm, gl I'm glad that uh, uh, from a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just talking about uh, ghost hunting. Uh, but I guess yes, you were saying that you couldn't quite do uh, any paranormal activities during the festival because it's drugs. I th yeah, too too many. Um, I don't think I don't think if anybody came back from a festival and said that they'd seen a ghost. <laughs> I don't think anyone would take them seriously yeah. at all because, yeah, it's it's not a very scientific condition. I say that like I set up scientific conditions. <laughs> and walking around with a meter that I know does something, but yeah. I'm not 100 sure what. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, I think there's definitely scope for um, like a, a ghost uh, a ghost seeking festival uh, in the future as well. So uh, if you, I'd like to do one. Yeah. I, I could maybe try and set something up, but it's just the bigger the number of people, it's all about being quiet and listening yeah. to subtle changes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I, uh, you would have to forgive my ignorance there because uh, what I essentially asked was, uh, let's have a nice peaceful ghost seeking experiment whilst there's a uh, Kasabian blasting over the speakers. Yeah, you know I mean, it doesn't <laughs> quite work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when the wind blows the, white, the right way, when downloads on, I can hear it when I've got the window. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. So loud. Yeah. I think my, my, one uh, my, my idea might not be a uh, suitable there but i'm glad i asked it because like uh, but i think it's now time to head to uh, your festival stages and see who you have playing about to drop some matches like i know i should but i just remember that i left it in the club i don't know how i'll get my high i take a look around and know i sigh but then my salvation it comes through because i'm inhaling pure o2 because i'm going into the oxygen tank because i'm going into the oxygen tank yeah That was actually quite disappointing. Barry, can you tell us more about your Friday night lineup? So the Friday night. Now, I, I don't think a Friday night is very, you know, the first night of a festival, I think, is about settling in. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time people can be waiting on people arriving and, you know, just I think it's too stressful to get into the swing of things. So I'm not actually going to have any bands Okay. on the first night but there is a comedy tent and for one night for thursday night there's a a lineup of comedians but they've got an electronic theme to them 
Okay, yeah. So I'm going to go for, there's going to be a compare and there's going to be two acts. The compare isn't so witty musical because I don't think that really works with the compare, <laughs> but my compare is going to be Ross Noble. Lovely stuff. I'm going to have Ross Noble because I think when it comes to improvising and talking off the top of the head, I don't think there's anyone better for a festival than, uh, than Ross, really. Couldn't agree more. Plus, I think he's a sort of perfect festival person. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah. So I'd have Ross Noble comparing. And the first act, I was I would say in the support slot, mm-hmm. but I don't think he is in the support slot because of that act who he is. But there's a reason that he goes on before the second act. The first act is Bill Bailey. Oh, wow. I think when some of Bill, nobody knows music better than Bill Bailey. Mm-hmm. And he's multi-talented. And also some of the, because I've, I've collected some of, some of Bill's work and he's incredibly good on, on synth mm-hmm. and keyboard. Uh, so I would definitely have uh, have Bill on opening. I've actually, um, funnily enough, I actually saw Bill Bailey play Sonosphere, which was a metal festival in Nebworth about 10 years ago. And uh, oh, wow. he played just before Iron Maiden, I think. Or um, just before <laughs> the fight. It was on the Sunday and he played before Ivan Metallica or Iron Maiden. I thought that's pretty that's pretty magnificent right there as well. Uh, that's wonderful, <laughs> yeah. What, what was he like? Yeah, it was really funny. So the way, the way it works... Uh, uh, Sonosphere is that there's two stages well there's other stages but there's two main stages so the idea is that they're kind of back to back so that you go to one watch one act and on the other stage they set up so once that act finishes you go over and watch the next act so it's pretty much back and forth uh, for the whole right, day okay. um so Bill Bailey was the final act on the uh, on the, the the second stage if you know what I mean so he he was headlining that stage technically uh, and what it means that he he got like a really funny comedy bit he he got his dancing to BBC news music and stuff like that and oh uh, yes yeah, that, yes I know that routine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very good and yeah it, it felt it felt like a festival act it felt perfect for it and I, I think yeah. Bill Bailey is underutilized at British festivals he should be there all the time he's brilliant he should be all of them he should yeah. be your go to festival I think. But the act is on second, and for the sake of your podcast mm-hmm. and your listeners, I'm not going to say the full name of this act, mm-hmm. because the first word is a word that some people find uncomfortable. It's the C-bomb, but yeah. it isn't spelt with a C, it's spelt with a K. Yeah. So it's that word, the C-bomb. I know it doesn't sit comfortably with people, so I'm not going to say it, but you know cool and the guy? <laughs> well, this guy is... Uh, and the guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have, have Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, I, yeah. Quite. I, I never really listened to them to be fair, but I, I know they're quite big. They're quite popular. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and they did a lot of stuff at Edinburgh as well. Uh, uh, in because uh, I remember them. I think they they put dicks all over people's posters <laughs> with uh, uh, the the band's name, which is. Uh, it, yeah. it was yeah. It was a great publicity stunt, and this is the thing. Everyone says they because it is and the gang. The reality is, it's one bloke. Yeah, yeah. He, it's it's just one bloke who is from Basildon mm-hmm. and the home of Vince Clark as well. He's very good at synths, mm-hmm. and he sings the most horrific comedy songs. Yeah, in a very pleasant, upbeat synth style. Yeah, and it's utterly hilarious. I mean, I was I saw him at Download, and. He was doing the comedy tent and poor act who was on before him because it felt like the whole festival was in the comedy tent mm-hmm. to, to see him. 
and they were literally chanting, going, "We won, hmm, we won, hmm." Yeah, and and the songs are like he can't even say the titles of the songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they're so horrific. But he was he recently had a top five. He got into he got to number five in the Christmas chart, mm-hmm. and this went unreported because the BBC never even mentioned mm-hmm. it. He wrote a song called Boris Johnson. Yeah. Is a <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I got to number five with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he used to do the fringe and he had a great publicity stunt where, because it's sort of crude humor, mm-hmm. where he would have like just a crude drawing of a male genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and he, just, he just had hundreds of sheets of them, mm-hmm. just like as stickers, mm-hmm. which, and all that they had a little QR code mm-hmm. on one of the testicles <laughs> and <laughs> the website address. And he just gave them away to the audience. Mm-hmm. And what they did was the audience went out and, of course, a lot of people's Edinburgh posters is people looking shocked or yeah. with their mouths open. People just got his stickers and stuck them all over other comedians' posters. Yeah. <laughs> it caused a huge row yeah. in Edinburgh. And Edinburgh Council w- went round and they sent him an email, uh, a letter saying, you've got to stop doing this because... Um, as he puts it, you know, council officers had to go around pulling off hundreds of cops. <laughs> yeah. But then it became the phenomenon of the ghost cock yeah. because all of the posters had a tear where the sticker once was. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd have him because he's a, a perfect festival act, I think, and very funny. Wonderful. Uh, that's great to hear. Is there anyone else you would like at your comedy tent as well? I'm just going to stick with those two. Brilliant. I'm just going to have those two do, doing an hour each and Ross mucking around as much as he wants. That sounds amazing. So let's quickly head to your Saturday. But before we do so, do you have a bit of a nightlife at your festival? There's a lot of partying. Um... I think uh, it would be sort of encouraged to go onto the beach and have fires and sit around and like I think on the Thursday night I think it's more about just chilling out having a beer and getting ready for the for the big sort of Friday mm-hmm. sorry for the Saturday and Sunday nights for the big nights ahead let's let's go straight onto the Saturday so who's the first artist you have on your Saturday the first act I have now I've got to be totally honest mm-hmm. Now, this is where we get into the problem, is that I only really listen to one band and I only really know about one band and that <laughs> band is is Erasure. Yes. Uh, if you don't know who Erasure are, I promise you, you know the song A Little Respect. Yeah. And that that's not the R-E-S-P-E-C-T, not <laughs> that one. That, you get that one now. That that's the one. I'm so in love with you. That's erasure. Now, I basically I I'm pretty much obsessed with with them in that I don't really listen to anything else yeah. apart from that band because if I if I because I've I've got obsessive compulsive disorder mm-hmm. and if. I it's the way that my brain works in that if I listen to a song go, oh that's a good song, but it's not as good as Sometimes by Erasure. Yeah. So I'll listen to Sometimes by Erasure. I can't enjoy something else when I know there's a better option. So I kind of only listen to, to one band. So, which makes it difficult when having other 
when having other bands, but mm-hmm. they're all ones that I like. I don't know much about them, mm-hmm. but their music I will listen to because I do find it enjoyable. I think that's really fascinating, the fact that you are, that you, you can listen to this band. Have you always been into them or were they the first band you got into? Or what's, uh, when did you... What, what happened was, is I, I used to tape songs off the radio mm-hmm. when I was a kid because I'm, you know, I'm, God, I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm 40 this month. So, you know, this was back in the days when you used to press play and record mm-hmm. and your tape deck would record whatever was on the radio. And mm-hmm. I just used to record songs that I liked. And then just one day, I think my mom said to me, she went, why are you, why are you just taping Erasure songs? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Erasure songs were. I didn't know Erasure were a band. And it just turns out, by chance, all the songs I was taping were Erasure. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I bought a best of you know, pop 20 hits. Mm-hmm. And then that was just the start of it. Then I started collecting the back catalogue. And again, part of the OCD, I had to collect everything. Mm-hmm. So I've now, I now own everything by Erasure. You know, I've like on my iPhone, I've got albums which are just Vince Clark sound checking. Mm-hmm. You wow. know, there's yeah. there's literally, yeah, there's nothing by them I haven't got. So, well, so do you think that you may be Erasure's biggest fan? No, no. I think I, I think I'm up there. I'm definitely part of the part of the hardcore. Yeah. I, but there's there's bigger. I mean, there's there's people who've got you know the 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 you know the master tapes and things like that of their recordings mm-hmm. and people who go to every concert that they like when they're on tour they'll travel with the band to all the gigs and I've never done that. I'll go and see one or two max. Mm-hmm of a tour otherwise I'd, I'd, I'd never want to sicken myself of seeing them live it's got to be a unique thing so like that's why they're only playing once at this festival so how many times have you seen them live personally I, i've i've lost count but i've not <laughs> missed a tour since 1997 wow that's that's, uh, that's, so that's remarkable every tour they've done since 1997 i've seen and that includes sort of in-store performances mm-hmm. and acoustic tours and mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, I've seen, I've been present at everything. So I think Erasure have some big hits and, you know, they're, they're a pop duo, Andy Bell and Vince Clark. And they've been on the go for a while as well. We uh, they, they released another album in 2020. So they have about 18 albums. Is that about right? I think about, yeah, I think 18 studio albums, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're still going strong. You know, the, the album that came out last year got to number four in the charts, mm-hmm. you know, and the one that came out in, I think it was 2018 or 2017, mm-hmm. World Be Gone, that was number five in the charts. You know, they, they still sell, you know, and they're kind of known as an 80s group, which I find fr- frustrating mm-hmm. because they're still going. But also, majority of the hits were in the 90s. You know? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier uh, your favorite band was um, that you liked more than ninety stuff now rather than eighty stuff. And do you mm. feel that you like more of the obscure back catalog, or do you, uh, do you still love the hits as well? What whereabouts where, where does your uh, love lie with Erasure? I I think there's a thing in music and with bands where it's sort of it's very sort of cool to kind of go 
oh no well I, I really like you know and then to name some obscure track of an album that was only released in Japan and, <laughs> and and the reality is is that my favorite erasure songs were hits yeah. a little respect um I love to hate you chorus mm-hmm. blue savannah breath of life you know big big songs and they're, they're the best ones mm-hmm. you know I mean I do like the b-sides and things like that and I do think the b-sides are very very strong but the hits are the strongest, you know, the hits for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's any shame with being, is it populist, popularist? Yeah, well, um, uh, I think po- I think populist might be something slightly different. I think that might be linked to Trump. It's like a political term as well. But avoid those term, <laughs> terminology. Okay. We've kind of talked about erasure uh on the phone beforehand about this as well. And uh, you, you kind of openly said that you only really like one band. And uh, and I think, like, you, obviously at the start of this podcast, you said, like, oh, you, you know, I only really like one band. But actually, I think that's, uh, firstly, it adds something different to this podcast because, um, you know, I think it really, having one particular band that you've loved for your, for your whole life and uh, knowing the back, like, ins and outs. And I think that's really remarkable. But also, I think it's just... Uh, it's okay to, uh, there's no shame in liking a certain band or liking the hits as well. I think that's, uh, of course you are. They're, 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 they're amazing. There's lots of great, um, they're hits for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, people, I, I think the problem with Erasure is that Erasure were never cool to like. Mm-hmm. They, they sort of came at a time when there was always this supposed rivalry between Erasure and the Pet Shop Boys, mm-hmm. which... I don't think ever re- existed between the bands. I think it exists between fans. Fans bitching and argue. <laughs> Even to this day, mm-hmm. like there's forums where Erasure fans slag off Pet Shop Boys and vice versa. And Pet Shop Boys were always the more trendy. Mm-hmm. They were always the more, you know, um, like they're very cool. But I always, I, I think there's something very I'm not going to slag off the Pet Shop Boys because then I've become a stereotypical Erasure fan. Is that the thing that but, you shouted out during the concert in the live show? It, it's not. <laughs> Fuck it's not. Pet Shop Boys! <laughs> now, there's something that doesn't sound authentic about the Pet Shop Boys. There's yeah. something about their synth sound that doesn't sit right. And the fact is they use programmers. Yeah. Uh, whereas Vince Clark literally does everything himself and mm. he knows the technology like nobody else on the planet does. Um, so erasure sound always sound very real. I think the other reason is that they're that they've always been mocked and it's been uh, you know very it it comes down to homophobia mm-hmm. because Andy Bell has always been very out, you know, he's mm-hmm. always been um honest about his sexuality. And also the way that I mean, not so much these days, but in the past, he would be on stage in a rubber leotard Mm -hmm. or, you know, slowly doing a Victorian strip show Mm -hmm. or wearing a cowboy costume with the, you know, the the back cut out of the arse. (laughs) You know, it's it's always been very flamboyant in camp. And that's always, I mean, you know what people are like, you know, you know, things are changing in the world and attitudes are changing. But I think there is still 
just blatant homophobia. Absolutely. And uh, I think that does come out in a lot of different ways as well. And uh, uh, you have to forgive me for not doing the uh, full sweep of the um, catalogue of Erasure, but like, does, okay. does Andy Bell talk about like his identity or gender identity or um, sexual politics in his songs? There's, I think there's, the, the album that came out um, before the current one that was a lot more political and there was, you know, it was a very downbeat album, I, I, I thought, and mm-hmm. it's not sort of one that I would listen to on a regular basis. But prior to that, I think there's maybe one, there's one song which is about coming out as gay called Hideaway. It, apart from that, nothing really. It's all just up beats you know stuff with a strong catchy chorus you know there's very little in there there's one which is called fingers and thumbs which when i when you hear now when you saw like at the time nobody knew it but he was hiv positive that's when he found out mm-hmm. uh, or he found out a few years previously did this song it was all about you know i think the chorus is you've gone and blown it all mm-hmm. and that's sort of but at the time nobody knew what what that meant it just sounded like an upbeat pop song but you know there's there's very little um you know if if him there's very little politics in erasure's yeah. music I, I guess yeah i i think that obviously with a lot of pop success i think that does uh that's a yeah you kind of have to do the least agitation possible as well so you can't be like kind of talking about systems or talking about yeah i, I guess it allows well I, not always but i think uh particularly from um from the 80s onwards like it's like it's, yeah it's um maybe less po- politics and like a lot of modern songs or uh because mm. I, I i listen to a lot of punk and that's uh entirely pretty much all right. political if you know what i mean so uh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or at least the ide- ideology behind it is but um, yeah. that that's what attracts me but also i think that there's a space for just fun entertaining songs yeah well. just a bit of upbeat nonsense <laughs> yeah i mean my favorite erasure song I've I've no idea what it's about really. Uh, it's just it's just it's a song called Chorus. Yeah, and it's I, I just absolutely love it. And live, it's phenomenal. But I've no idea what the song's about. How many times do you think total live and by yourself have you listened to Chorus? Do you reckon? Oh, thousands. Yeah. Without a doubt, thousands. And uh, do you have no idea what it is whatsoever? No idea. The chorus is, and they covered up the sun until the birds have flown away and the fishes in the sea had gone to sleep. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> no idea. But it's great, and it's a great chorus. So we're talking about your Saturday, and uh, are Rachel the only band on that day? No, no, There's there, there, there are support acts. I can't tell you much about the music mm-hmm. to support bands, but I know that they do stuff that I like. So the first band I'm going to have on is a band called Churches. Oh, yeah. Is that the Chiverches? Is that the, yes, yeah. with the V, with the V in it. I've recently got, uh, well, I heard one of their songs that I really liked. It. it was the sort of synth sound that mm-hmm. I like. So I've recently got their albums and I couldn't tell you the names of the songs, but I just play the albums and I just let, I really enjoy that, their sort of synth sound. Um, Then the band after that is a band, again, don't know a huge amount about, but I'm gradually getting more into them. There's a band called Sparks. Yes. Which is the, the male brothers. 
Yeah, Ron um, and Russell Mayo um, from, uh, I think it's from Los Angeles, I believe. I might be wrong yeah. there, but uh, yeah. Um, and Sparks ha- has a lot of similar sounds and uh, to Erasure, I felt, because I, I listened to them. Uh, obviously, di- they're different uh, in a lot of different ways, but I think they are, uh, yeah. Well, I think that Sparks have done every genre yeah, of, yeah. of music. They, they certainly had a phase where they were sounding very erasure where they sort of moved into doing synth stuff. But I think currently they're pretty much, you know, drums and guitar mm-hmm. and, and keyboard sort of sort of band. They're not synthy at all now. Yeah. Um, and they, they've done a lot of albums. They've done 24 studio albums as well. And uh, yeah. And uh, have you ever seen them live by any chance? Or do you know I much haven't. About- I haven't. I was going to go and see them live. But um, uh, yeah, you know, the pandemic scene to that. And mm-hmm. I can't, you know, they're, they're in their 80s. Mm-hmm. Are they so actually? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, so I can't see them um, <laughs> getting out on the road in, in packed auditoriums. I think they're definitely in the at-risk category, yeah. but they sound, fa- I've, I've watched, you know, the last tour and they sound fantastic. They sound great. Something about them which really kind of, like, they they sound really fresh today. They're, they band, they they release like um, lots of albums quite regularly. They they seem quite sh- mm. quite sharp. I just uh, also you say they experiment with a lot of the form as well. And also it's two brothers. And apparently Russell is a very animated, hyperactive frontman, but Ron is at the back with a deadpan and scowling as well. And I think that that's quite yeah, funny as well. Deadpan, yeah. straight, and that pretty much is erasure as well. <laughs> oh, is it? Um, oh, yeah. You've got Andy Bell jumping all over the mm-hmm. place wearing hot pants, mm-hmm. and then Vince Clark stood behind a keyboard, pretty much motionless, wearing a suit. Do you think you like Sparks because they're very similar to Erasure? Possibly, possibly, uh, but I think just the sound of the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a guy called um, is it Giorgio Moroder mm-hmm. who did some of their synth stuff, and uh, that's very a specific time in in music uh history and it's a very specific sound mm-hmm. um which is similar to erasure but then you know sparks went and did a song called when do i get to sing my way which incidentally is a wonderful vince clark remix yeah um and that song it, for me is pure early 90s you know it's uh, i think it's my favorite sparks track um wonderful yeah and, and then and then closing is Erasure. Yes, um, wonderful. D- doing an hour and a half. I mean, if, if Erasure weren't headlining a festival, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Something's gone really wrong, yeah. <laughs> and only for 90 minutes? Uh, do you, did you mention that you wanted to kind of keep it pure for you? You didn't want to over, overdo it? And 90 minutes is fine. But then once, once they're done, there's then a late night surprise sort of dance into the night because Vince Clark's obviously his his music, you know, is very electronic. And he, he did a project called Two Squared with mm-hmm. um Paul Hartnell. Mm-hmm. And um I think a bit of late night sort of fast hardcore electro to sort of to round up the night get that going till two in the morning yeah them too so yeah i think you get all of it there don't you you get the uh some awesome support bands lots of different sounds and then you got a razor headline and then dance into the night that's like a perfect day right yeah to wash it down with a lovely pint of carlsberg as well (laughs) (laughs) um and then for the the, for the last night Mm -hmm. it's I've gone, it's a bit more chilled out. It's a bit more, there's sort of a thing, because I think the last night of a festival is you sort of wind down. Yeah. 
you know, it's uh, it's getting ready to go home. Now, I promise you that th- that none of this is a piss take. <laughs> yeah. The first act is a band called Reed and Caroline. Yeah. Who are uh, who I discovered because they're signed to Vince Clark's record label. Very similar sound to Vince. Very electronic. Um, she's got an amazing voice. Um, I don't think they're doing much together anymore. But yeah, I would have them on. The second act would be, and I'm not, I promise you, uh, I would have Daphne and Celeste. Yes, yeah. So anyone who doesn't know Daphne and Celeste, could you tell them who Daphne and Celeste are? Daphne and Celeste were a manufactured girl duo who did a couple of songs. I think one was called Ooh Stick You. Yeah. Another one was called Ugly. And they were, they. if you had to draw a manufactured pop band, it was them. Probably best known for doing... Reading Festival. Yes, I know this. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably, and they were meant to go on before somebody like Rage Against the Machine or something <laughs> like that. The band that was on after them was not appropriate to teenage girls dancing around doing bubblegum pop. Yeah, and the fame. I mean, go and watch the footage yeah. on YouTube. It's if if it could be thrown at those girls. <laughs> It was, and they were very I, resourceful. I was, they were very resourceful. They got stones. They got they got logs. <laughs> they got everything. They got everything. Apparently, somebody threw a wheelchair, <laughs> um, and I can't remember. Who, I, it's, I'm sure it's one of the girls who tells the story. But yeah, they hated them, and it's it's quite. I mean, you look at it now, and you just think, hang on, these are two teenagers. These are two young girls who are just you know that's there to make money for some record label and you know the the hatred feels a bit unjustified yeah they've they've done quite well out of it though because it's matured quite well because like everyone's looking at that footage recently and they they, the tons of bottles have been thrown at them and they're just like having a good time and that that is if that's not a good metaphor for like uh how to do a comedy show it's like right what's what's more rock and roll than literally then liters and liters of piss getting thrown at you in bottles that people have been saving up all day for the because they hated them that much there were so many bottles of piss and just watch the first few seconds when they're on stage Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's raining yeah people throwing and and they they just stand there and smile and just do their songs and just there's somebody holding up a sign saying die Daphne and Celeste die and she looks at it and she goes, yeah, we will. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, fair play to, and of course the, the pop dream ended for them very quickly, yeah. but they did randomly an electronic album a few years ago with a guy called Max Tundra. Really? And it's a, it's a fantastic album. It's really quirky underground electronic. He tweeted them and just said, hi, I make weird British pop songs. But do you fancy doing a reunion yeah. to do the vocals? And, you know, one of them's a screenwriter now. And um, it, it, they basically just said, um, all right, go on, it might be fun. And the music, it's called Daphne and Celeste Save the World. Yeah. And they're really good electronic tracks. Mm-hmm. And it's really trendy as well. Um, but people don't know it yet. Yeah, that's amazing. And, then, you know, um, and what a great story as well. And, uh we your electronica festival it does or dodds load it does uh, you've definitely gone a very novel route but a very brilliant one and i have to commend you for that that's really awesome thank you other than daphne and celeste and reed and caroline who else have you got for your sunday 
two others. Sophie, uh, sorry, Sophie Ellis Bexton, not <laughs> yeah, Sophie Ellis Bexton. Not after that no, incident, no. <laughs> no. Um, Sophie B. Hawkins. I don't know if you remember Sophie B. Hawkins. I don't, unfortunately. She did a song called um, Right Beside You mm-hmm. and Damn. Damn, wish I was your lover. I'd rock you till the daylight comes. That it was. Um, I'm going to clip yeah, that right. for just for my own personal use. Please, <laughs> please, dog, because I cannot sing. <laughs> no, bless you. Yeah. Yeah, Sophie B. Hawkins, who I, Hawkins, sorry, who I think's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the closing act of the evening will be a band called Synthetian. Yes. Yeah. Um, London-based band. Yeah. So tell us more about Saint Etienne. Yeah. Again, very, very electronic and mm-hmm. um, definitely more trendy than Erasure were. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's successful, but yeah, they've got a very, there's a song that they did called Like a Motorway, mm-hmm. which has got to me a perfect synth sound, mm-hmm. very electronic. And, and the vocals by Sarah Cracknell mm-hmm. are just sublime. Uh, again, not a band I can say I know a great deal of, but I know I, I know the greatest hits, Good. and I, it's certainly the sort of music I like. That's wonderful, and um, I have to, as I just said, like your festival is so wonderful, and uh, yeah, it's, I think it's uh, a lot of people would definitely love it. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. I think electronic is going to be very very popular, Barry, and uh, it's, oh, it's oh, it's an upbeat festival, very upbeat. I like it. Well, let's go quickly and head to a final part of our podcast called Floor Fillers. As with event management, things are bound to go wrong. So here's a couple of hypothetical questions that you have to deal with in the way that you see fit. So, uh, okay. Um, oh no, a rager have cancelled last minute. Oh no, who do you get to replace your headliner? Oh, can, can I can I upgrade one of the other acts? Yes, you can do if you would like. Yeah. Um, Sparks. Sparks, Sparks yeah. can step in and. And lead the way, and I think everybody will be fine with it. Yeah, I think they'll be all right with it. You know what, Barry? For the first time, I, you know, for for that that question, right? I feel that's quite mean after the really lovely conversation we've had. So uh, I, I usually do it as a bit of toying around. I usually put that question in because like people talk about something they're passionate about, but and it's a good curveball because it goes, okay, if you don't like that, what do you like? But yeah. I feel it's I feel like you are just a bit harsh because you're like I really love this band, so I'm gonna put, <laughs> I'm putting them back in and I'm putting them back in. <laughs> okay, good. Brilliant. Okay, so um, fortunately for you, you have one extra slot to fill in your stage. However, your sponsors say you have to pick someone from your most recently played on Spotify or any other streaming service. Uh, um, who would you pick from your most recently played? Mike Oldfield, probably best known for doing tubular bells yes probably not a very popular bloke these days i'm sure i'm not 100 percent on this but i think he might be a bit brexit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. okay he strikes me as the type yeah um but he's done some some great songs like moonlight shadow and yeah. and things like that tubular bells is you know it's an iconic piece of music absolutely one of your acts has forgotten their equipment but good news they can do an acoustic set which might be a bit difficult at electronica 
But which band, if you had to choose, would you choose to do an acoustic set? Oh, um, Sparks. Okay, I, yeah. I, I, I've seen, I've been, Erasure did a tour where they did it acoustic and it was done in country and western style. Mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong, I love Erasure as a band, but out of Andy Bell and Vince Clark, I'm bigger on Vince Clark. I think it's the mute that the sound is more, an electronic sound is more important to me than a vocal. And that's not dissing Andy, it's more important than any vocalist in the world. Amazing, penultimately. um, Andy Bell acts like a total team to you. How do you respond or how do you get your revenge? Now you see, this has always been a worry because I've met met them a few times. Mm. My friend Ian, interviewed Andy Bell on his radio show. He had him on as a guest. Yeah. I actually went down to London mm-hmm. to be in the studio because I just thought, how often am I going to get to sit in That's in the room with, with Andy Bell? And and it was great. We, you know, we were just sat chatting and and the it's such it's so dangerous when you're so into something. Like can you imagine if Andy Bell or Vince Clark told me to fuck off yeah 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 I, I'd, I'd never be able to listen to their music again yeah without feeling a different emotion and when you only like one band mm-hmm. that's too much of it that's a really big gamble mm-hmm. so if Andy Bell acted like it, whatever he was being a diva about Andy Bell is in the right yeah and I will bend to his every, and I, I will bend to his every whim and get whatever the problem is, I will fix it. And it's not Andy's fault. Oh, bless you. <laughs> uh, so um, let's finish with this one. Your festival loves you, Barry, and they want you to sing a, one final song at the festival. If you had to join a band on stage to sing a song with the band, which one would you pick to sing? Um, it would be A Little Respect by Erasure. That'd be amazing. I, I don't think it could be anything else. Yeah. I mean, a Chorus is my favourite song of all time, mm-hmm. and I think it's Erasure's best song. But having been to many, many Erasure concerts, the feeling when the whole room is singing A Little Respect is... I mean, especially considering what the song's become. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a very catchy song. It's it's taken on a lot of meaning for a lot of people in mm-hmm. lots of bits of society. And, you know, and respect is something that the world's missing a lot of. So I, I, I couldn't miss out on seeing that with Andy Bell on stage, but with everybody singing as well. I'd, you know, I don't even know if I'd like to be on stage singing it. I think I'd rather be in the audience yeah. singing it. That's uh, that's absolutely valid. But um, well, um, well, thank you so much, Barry, for coming on to this wonderful oh, podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been um, well, uh, as I say, that's the end of the podcast. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, where can people find you online, Barry? And would you like to plug anything in particular? Um, you can find me on Twitter, which is Barry underscore Dodds, and and there's also if you just search for the Parapod, um, got the Parapod um, we've got a film that's coming out and mm-hmm. um, once things settle down a little bit yeah. we're going to recommence the tour that we were we were just getting going on yeah. when Covid hit and, and ended this long dream that we'd had and of making a film where we tried to find out definitively once and for all the truth about whether ghosts exist or not mm-hmm. and um, you'll have to go and see the film to find out if that question got answered.
brilliant. Thank you so much for listening to Castable. And if you like what we do, please support. Uh, you can check out the past episodes for free on Apple and Spotify. You can also give us a follow at Castable Podcast. And whilst you're there, why don't you follow me at Mouse Comedy on Twitter and on Twitch and Instagram. Remember to give us a five-star rating online and uh, tweet about it once you can. But please join me on saying thank you to our wonderful guest, Barry Dots. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>